You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The city of Chicago's murder rate is the highest in 20 years, with more homicides than New York City and Los Angeles combined. And now a scathing Justice Department report has concluded that Chicago police have routinely used excessive force in violation of the Fourth Amendment. The report found widespread racial bias, poor training and oversight of police, and a pattern in practice of unnecessary use of deadly force. Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel says the city is committed to correcting the problems. The incidents described in this report are sobering to all of us. Police misconduct will not be tolerated anywhere in the city of Chicago. And those who break the rules will be held accountable for their actions. A court-ordered consent decree is not in place, and a looming question is what will happen under the Trump administration. Trump's nominee for Attorney General Jeff Sessions criticized consent decrees during his confirmation hearing. Those of us in high public office do need to be cautious about demeaning whole departments and whole groups of people because within those most any departments you can find in America, surely most of the people are just wonderful servants, public servants trying to do the right thing. But Attorney General Loretta Lynch said the change in administrations will have no effect on the Justice Department's agreement with Chicago. A transition is coming in Washington, but the departure of one or two people, and yes, the top people at the Department of Justice move on, but this agreement is not dependent on one or two or three people. Our guests are Stephen Ruschen, professor at the University of Alabama School of Law, and Locke Bowman, executive director of the MacArthur Justice Center at Northwestern University Pritzker School of Law. Locke, what stands out in this report of 164 pages? Well, the standing, uh, to me, the most significant uh, aspect of it is how damning it is of the uh, process system-wide. It describes an accountability system that is fundamentally broken and a failure of training and oversight at every level that's created an environment where uses of force uh, by uh, police are almost never questioned, typically not investigated, where there's no follow-through, where a code of silence that's prevalent in the department enables uh, misconduct, and where, as a consequence, uh, uses of force are commonplace and uh, and uh, and a, a, a 
prevalence of this kind of misconduct in certain neighborhoods and communities on the south and west sides of our city that are also plagued by the upsurge of violence that was mentioned in the lead-on to this. Well, Stephen, does the report make any conclusions about the any connection between what the Justice Department has found about the Chicago PD and the upsurge in violence that Chicago has seen over the last few years? So I think drawing conclusions between uh, the uptick in violence and police action is always tricky. I mean, I've, in my previous work, tried to investigate that link, and that's a that's a, 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 a tricky claim to make. But I think the, the strongest claim you can say is that whenever um, a police department is not viewed by their constituents as acting legitimately, as acting to protect the uh, community interest, uh, whenever they're not viewed as just by the people that they're serving, um, I think there is an argument to be made that that can contribute to um, increased crime and a lack of cooperation between the public um, and the police department. Locke, the head of Chicago's police union said he thinks the Justice Department heard its investigation in order to release the results before Trump takes office. And we've certainly seen a lot of actions by the Justice Department in these final days of the Obama administration. Do you agree? And has that effect? If so, has that affected the report? Uh, no, I, I mean, I I, uh, I I don't think that there's anything hurried about the report. A, a casual perusal of it makes clear that it's a careful and thorough process of investigation that unfolded over the course of about a full year. Uh, Numerous in-depth uh, interviews, deep dives into uh, statistical information that was provided to the investigators, a lot of on-site conversation with police uh, leaders in the political and uh, in law enforcement communities and uh, input from uh, ordinary folks around the city. So I, I think to use the adjective hurried is inappropriate. All of that said, I think that you'd be politically tone deaf not to be aware that fundamental changes are coming at the national level. Stephen, what can we expect to see in an agreement between Chicago and the federal government? These are very serious charges. What What is the Justice Department going to want? Yeah, so I think um, that question relies a lot upon who is in the Justice Department and, and, and who's calling the shots whenever the agreement is negotiated. Um, if this were the Obama administration, I think we would expect a far-reaching consent decree that would mirror those that have been used in other large American cities, so places like New Orleans, places like Seattle, uh, where the Department of Justice has required a significant package of reform that has required changes in training, required changes in um, oversight mechanisms, changes in infrastructure to ensure adequate oversight, the use of external monitoring to ensure that real change is actually happening and reports are filed regularly with the federal district court. I think that's the kind of package of reforms you would expect to see, costly but also lar lar largely effective if we were dealing with the Obama administration. But um, you know, one reality is, is that we're not going to be dealing, or the, that the city of Chicago is not going to be dealing with the Obama administration. They're going to be dealing with uh, the incoming Trump administration. And um, I think, well, I, do, well, I, you know, the investigative findings here appear to be consistent in, 
know, thorough and uh, what you would expect to see in any large American city. Uh, I think there's no doubt that the city or that the Department of Justice was trying to get this agreement to agree in place um, in hopes of trying to counteract what may be some political pushback by the Trump administration to really bind Chicago's hand. So I'm not sure we can predict what the agreement, if there is an agreement, will actually look like and whether or not um, the incoming administration is going to actually prioritize this um, agreement going forward. We're talking about a report from the Justice Department, and it says that Chicago police officers have a pattern of using excessive force. That's just one of the many things that it says in 164 pages. We're talking with Stephen Russian. He's a professor at the University of Alabama School of Law and Locke Bowman, executive director of the MacArthur Justice Center. Stephen, unlike other cases where the Justice Department has investigated police, in this case, there is no court-ordered consent decree in place. So can a new AG just simply back out of it and not assign people to the case and sort of let it go by the wayside? Yeah, so I think that's a possibility. Um, At this point, uh, there's no definitive obligation for the Department of Justice to force the city of Chicago to agree to um, any sort of a settlement or consent decree. If you look over the the agreement that has been reached, uh, it requires the parties to negotiate a future agreement in good faith. It also says that if the parties cannot reach an agreement, the department the the DOJ has the ability to file a federal lawsuit to seek something called an injunctive remedy. Um, So what that essentially means is that enforcement of any future agreement or um, any any attempt to reach an agreement is going to ultimately be put on the the back of the future Trump administration. So um, I think there's some some good political reasons why it may be – Uh, not advantageous for the incoming Trump administration to try to derail this reform process. Um, But I think given what's been outlined, I think it's within their capability to to do so. Locke, we know the Obama administration has been fairly aggressive about um, what they want to see in these these consent decrees with police departments, independent monitors, um, a lot of reporting, a lot of uh, a lot of agreements as to training and how um, and how Police departments learn how to use force and interact with citizens. Let's say the Trump administration feels that it needs to enter into an agreement in the wake of this, and Chicago still wants to do it. Um, What would sort of a if if the Trump administration wanted to do a kind of a lesser agreement that was had less teeth to it than what say the Obama people do? What might they look at doing a sort of a minimal agreement with Chicago here? Oh, I, I I don't have any idea what these people are going to do. I don't know what a lesser agreement uh, would look like. I, I I think that the report itself is very clear about uh, the assessment of the investigators as to what's needed, uh, namely uh, a uh, a detailed process of 
compliance with specific expectations, expectations around the accountability system, expectations of of um, effectiveness in investigation, of, in, in fact, investigating uses of force when they occur, which, which uh, the report uh, faults us for not doing, um, and so on. There's a long list of needs that run the gamut uh, from training at the beginning of an officer's career uh, to the way in which uh, discipline is handled on the back end of an incident gone wrong. In addition, the decree insists that a monitoring process is necessary to ensure compliance with these detailed requirements, uh, you know, uh, step by step along the way in order to keep the focus of administrators and politicians who have imposed expectations as a result of the agreement. Uh, If all of that doesn't happen, for those of us who live in Chicago, there's a really big concern that this will just be another um, instance along the way of uh, uh, findings and concerns and, and uh, y- you know, reports uh, that hit the dustbin and don't affect real change. I want to thank you both for being on Bloomberg Law. That's Locke Bowman. He's the executive director of the MacArthur Justice Center at Northwestern University Pritzker School of Law. And Stephen Russian, he's professor at the University of Alabama School of Law. Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just the show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are like really close to the edge of like everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Businessweek, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.